Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Welcome to part two of Big Blend Radio's special Jefferson Highway show, covering over 23 must-visit destinations on and off the historic highway from Winnipeg, Canada, all the way down to New Orleans. These are 23, well, over 23 must-visit destinations to check out to plan your road trip adventures in 2023. This show covers every state, or should I say province, since we're going to Canada, uh, on the trail. We're going to start off in Winnipeg, the capital of Manitoba. Then we're going to go to Fort Snelling in Minnesota, Mason City in Iowa, we're going to go to artist Thomas Hart Benton country in Joplin, Missouri, Pittsburgh and Crawford County in Kansas. We're going to visit the Bob Dylan Center in Oklahoma. Then we're out to Denison, Texas, and then Bunky, Louisiana. Speaking of Louisiana, we have some interesting Louisiana Hollywood history from Steve Schneikert. And of course, when we're talking about road trips, we must have music. So we're going to be playing the song Chicken and Waffles. Uh, this is just for Crawford County uh, in, in Kansas. Uh, this is by Johnny Master and the Mama's Boys based out of New Orleans. And we're going to play Texas Blue Moon by Shelly King based in Texas. Uh, she is a Texas state musician, uh, very highly regarded. So enjoy uh, more about uh, the Jefferson Highway. If you go to their website, the association website, it's jeffersonhighway.org. Become a member, uh, be part of it if you're in the tourism industry or just get the information to travel. Uh, we also air a Jefferson Highway show every fourth Thursday here on Big Blend Radio. So keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Hint, hint. January, we're going to be talking about the annual Jefferson Highway Association Conference, which will be held in Mason City, Iowa, which you'll hear more about that destination on this show today. And in closing, last but not least, we want to thank the Natchitoches Convention and Visitor Bureau for sponsoring today's show. Uh, Natchitoches is the oldest city in the state of Louisiana, and you've got to go there. It's one of Nancy and I's favorite destinations. So go to Natchitoches.com, and that is uh, spelled N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S, so Natchitoches.com. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy the road trip. So, you know, the Jefferson Highway goes from Winnipeg, Canada, all the way down to New Orleans, and it's the Pines to Palms Highway. Well, of course, you can go the other way, too. You can go from New Orleans all the way up to Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is the capital of the Canadian province, Manitoba. And we're so excited to have Jillian Rexiedler here on our show today. She is from Travel Manitoba. She's joining us on the show to give us a little overview of what you can expect to when you visit Winnipeg or go to Manitoba, especially for those of us traveling north up the highway. So I encourage you to go to the website, travelmanitoba.com. So welcome, Jillian. How are you? 
Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having your lone Canadian guest on the show. Hey, you know, we like our lone Canadian guests. I'm just saying, this is very cool. We've also got Roger Bell, uh, the president of the Jefferson Highway Association here to make sure we stay to the highway. But um, I just go want to go to you, Jillian, in that Manitoba, I, you know, you made me pull out a map mm-hmm. and realize how Manitoba goes from really like the border of America yeah, uh, all the way to Winnipeg. So yeah. that's an hour up north, right? So about the highway an hour starts... from the U.S. border, yeah, the capital city of Winnipeg. And then your your province goes all the way to the top, where you can go see polar bears and beluga yeah. whales. Like my bucket, like you are a bucket list province for that's so right. many of us. We we spread <laughs> from the Great Plains in the south all the way up to the Arctic tundra um, along the Hudson Bay. So, uh, yeah, like most Canadian provinces, we're, we're massive and um, road tripping is a way of life for Canadians. Winnipeg is the heart of Canada, we say, uh, actually in the geographical center of North America. Um, so yeah. uh, we're, we're a meeting place and we've always been a meeting place um, from Indigenous cultures to settler cultures to road tripping families. And uh, yeah, an hour north of the U.S. border, um, you will find Winnipeg, the capital city of about about eight hundred thousand um, folks. And but it's a it's a underrated, under undiscovered city that's definitely worth taking the trip and spending a few days. I would give you about three days, and you can see a lot that this prairie city has to offer. So you're in the prairies, and that's you know three, and that's your capital city, the Peg, as my friends call it. You've got they keep saying you got to come to the Peg. When are you going to get there? And I think this year we can do it because it's open. That's the thing yeah, that's so important. It, it's open. It, we love our guests from the south, um, particularly we border Minnesota and North Dakota. We're an extension of the Great Plains. We call it the prairies on the Canadian side, and um, Winnipeg is. Um, a very self-sustaining city in terms of culture, great food scene, top like world-class attractions. And we're right at the heart of where the Red River and the Assiniboine River meet. The Red River actually starts in Minnesota and is what, the only river in North America that flows north all the way up to the Hudson Bay. So um, at the forks of the Red and the Assiniboine is, is is the center of Winnipeg, and um, it's a neighborhood called the Forks. It's a wonderful attraction. All is the number one visited site in the in the city, and it's uh, got some in. It's a former rail yard, but now it's an indoor shopping and dining attraction. It's year round. There's amazing festivals in the summertime. In winter, there's an amazing skating trail, a naturally frozen skating trail that's uh, cleared, and it's a recreation hub. Um, at this site, we also have a very significant museum called the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. It's an actually a national mm. level museum, um, but it's based in the center of Canada, at the heart of Canada. And it's um, the only museum in the world that's dedicated to the dialogue of human rights issues from around the world. It talks about some Canadian human rights issues, but also from a, a very global perspective. And it's a fascinating journey. You start out Start off, start off in the darkness of this beautiful building, and as you wake, make your way through all the galleries, it, it it metaphorically gets and physically gets lighter and lighter and lighter until you're viewing the city from above from the beautiful tower, and you're learning about um, human rights issues. And um, 
it's a journey and that's definitely worth having while you're in Winnipeg and it's a, it's a landmark. It pierces the Winnipeg skyline. It's a beautiful building. Well, I think this really ties into the Jefferson Highway because, you know, the Jefferson Highway, it would start in, I think, 1915. This is why Roger's here to correct me on everything here. Mm-hmm. But um, the 1915, and you've got to think, you know, all these in- interviews we've done over the over the year, um, it, it just always leads back to the people and the nature, but the history is so important because, I mean, we even think about these roads, you know, that comes with human history. So yeah. when you talk about people history, it's important to go back to the roots, the Native American and Indigenous roots of people. And, you know, you I think what's so cool is that you have French roots. And when we go to yes. New Orleans, there's French roots there and you've got the Acadian culture. So yeah. I think um, this cultural connection is so rich. Uh, Roger, uh, the person... Who was the man that yeah. started the highway? He was the editor of the Homes and Garden. Edward Meredith from Des Moines, Iowa. And he uh, was the uh, founder of uh, Successful Farming and Better uh, Homes and Garden magazine. And uh, and his vision was a uh, central uh, part of the United States. And the Jefferson name came from the fact that most of this area was in the Jefferson Purchase uh, uh, that was done uh uh, by Thomas Jefferson. So, uh, and there's just, you, you touched on many things here, but you know, Winnipeg was a very strong and important leader in the premier Manitoba and the mayor of Manitoba back in the time. They were strong leaders and they drove the whole route. They started, the first time they did it was in 1917 when they went through, I think about 300 cities and uh, going about 35 miles an hour down the highway and people from all over the world. I mean, the people would, were waiting for the premier to come and they would uh, um, uh, have the kids would let the schools out and the flags would be flying. And it, it's, uh, mm. uh, it is uh, today, uh, I'm looking forward to the time that, uh, you know, people are now starting to travel this route again. And, yeah. and uh, it's, it's exciting that we've seen a lot of people that are taking pictures at the, uh, the monument there, which uh, shows the start of the Jefferson Highway in Winnipeg. Yeah, you shared those pictures with me, and I didn't. I'm a I'm a born and raised Manitoba, a lifelong Winnipegger, and I actually didn't know that little monument existed until you showed me the images. And I said, "Well, that's two minutes from my house on Pemina oh, no Highway." Way. Awesome. Yeah, it's right on yeah. Pemina Highway, which is a very busy highway. Pemina Highway uh, basically connects. Uh, you know, there's a strong historical trade route between. St. Paul, Minnesota, in Winnipeg, and that mm-hmm. was historically mm-hmm. called the Crow Ring Trail, that fur trading route. And it, a lot of the the Métis from our region, the Métis were a mix of First Nation and European ancestry mm-hmm. who originally settled this Red River area. Um, uh, oh. They had strong trade routes with the Métis all through uh, the Great Lakes region and up in Upper Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin area. Um, Wow. So, so Pemina Highway now is the main thoroughfare through Winnipeg, and this is where mm-hmm. this monument exists to the to the Pines to Palms um, route. And uh, yeah, that was neat to see. It's in a busy highway now, but um, yeah, worth the trip coming up to Winnipeg um, to see the city and uh, the Museum for Human Rights, the neighborhood of the Forks. You can get a lot of fantastic history on an exchange district walking tour. For those history buffs, Exchange District is our kind of historic neighborhood 
that was um, the boom town in the turn of the 20th century. Winnipeg was a very booming city and yes. uh, a very wealthy city. Um, and then wow. uh, we've preserved a lot of that original um, architecture, similar to, I think, St. Paul, Minnesota, and even Chicago, we're called Chicago over the north because a lot of the same architects right. would travel that route. Um, but beyond the history, there's also these fantastic new museums like the King Museum of Human Rights. We have an amazing Inuit Art Center gallery called Kamayuk that just opened during the pandemic as well. And it's the only art museum in the world dedicated to Inuit art. So Inuit being the people of Canada's north, the indigenous population of Canada's north um, and their specific art form. Um, so that's a brand new gallery to visit. And then uh, we just opened also the Leaf at Assiniboine Park. And the Leaf is a beautiful indoor biome and horticultural display that kind mm. of demonstrates how humans connect to plants and nature. And it just opened last month. It's going to be like a beautiful reprieve for us during winters. You know, we have long winters up here in a winter peg, <laughs> we say. Um, but yeah. um, it's a tropical biome, butterfly house, and it's got Canada's tallest indoor waterfall. And it's just a beautiful structure. So lots of really beautiful design-focused cultural institutions. Um, plus then your great history at the Forks, Indigenous stories. at our And... and you yeah. have amazing food and you can get poutine, yes. right? You can get oh, cheese yeah, curds. Oh, yeah, you can get poutine and cheese curds up here. Um, that is mostly a French-Canadian dish from Quebec, but we certainly have it here. We do have a very large French-speaking population in Manitoba, so strong French culture. And it mentioned that Métis culture as well, which um, um, is often French and First Nations form the Métis culture. Um, cool. Cool. So, so good, uh, yeah. good food. Lots to do. Two or three Lots days. Lots to do. Yeah, I would, I'd say, well, probably three days for you guys. You're coming from far, but um, we're spending some time in Winnipeg and uh, learning our awesome history. Thank you so much, Jillian, for joining us. I know we'll have you back on the show. We're going to do more about Manitoba and, and the peg, Winnipeg, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, she's, Winnipeg. She said she's a Winnipegger. I call her the pegger. <laughs> um, <but the> <laughs> um, so everybody travel manitoba.com is the website and also keep up with about the, uh, the jefferson highway at jeffersonhighway.org thank you so much for joining us perfect thank you for having me All right, so we are talking about the historic Jefferson Highway that runs from Winnipeg, Canada, all the way down to New Orleans. And, of course, we're going through Minnesota to do that. And so we have Mike Guardia, uh, a very mm -hmm. amazing author. How many books, Mike? 23? 22? 25. 25. I kept he's working on 26. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's on mm -hmm. his way. He is an award-winning author, military historian, uh, history teacher. You've seen him on the History Channel and on our show every first Monday with our Military Monday shows with Mike. And um, he said Fort Snelling was something we should talk about if you are traveling on the Jefferson Highway. So I was looking up Fort Snelling, Mike, and it seems it's part of our National Park Service. Um, mm -hmm. And so and, and it's been through like centuries of history. And you 
part of history is that you actually were stationed there, right? I was. I was in my ah. few years as an army reservist. That's where I was serving out of. So, ah. yeah, as I made the transition from active duty onto the reserves, yeah, I uh, finished out my tour there at Fort Snelling. And uh, a lot of that history there has been beautifully preserved. And uh, it is a uh, it's a place that uh, is uh, it has a uh, deep historical and cultural significance to a lot of Minnesotans. Looking at it, Mm. I've seen these photos of people actually seeing the original highway, which was built in 1915, you know, Mm -hmm. connecting the two countries, which I think is pretty amazing. Right. In history. And so you can see Fort Snelling, you can see the fort. And the one photo said that it was part of the Louisiana Purchase. And before we started recording this, I realized I didn't realize how big that Louisiana Purchase is. So it stretched all the way to you, you know, Louisiana. I know. I mean, tell us a little bit about that part of the history, because I know there's more prior to that. Right. But that's pretty big. Yeah. So the Louisiana Purchase, that was a that really was a tremendous windfall here for, for the U.S. And if we wind the clocks back to about 1802 or 1803, you know, this is right at the height of the reign of Napoleon. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's center mass of what we would come to call the Napoleonic Wars. And, you know, because wars cost money, he says, okay, well, you know, I have the Grand Army that is fighting against the Prussians. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to dominate everything everything that we can on mainland Europe. So I'm going to do what any reasonable military dictator is going to do. And in order to fill the coffers for my war chest, I'm going to do a massive real estate dump. And so what what he does at that point is he goes knocking on Thomas Jefferson's door and says, hey, you know, I I know we helped each other out a lot in the uh, in the times of the American Revolution. So uh, how you can repay the favor, you know, I have all this uh, land that's in the backyard. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, you guys really like going back and forth to New Orleans a lot. Well, what if I just gave you all of what used to be New France and I can give it to you for what amounts to a bargain basement price? And, uh, you know, you can get all the land because I know how you Americans think? I know you want to keep expanding westward. Well, I can facilitate Dude. that. And yeah, <laughs> he, he he said, "Well, you know, I can be the one to help facilitate that." And uh, yeah, after um, after a little bit of back and forth on the price negotiations, that's when we had the Louisiana Purchase back in 1803, and that 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 actually further facilitated the the Lewis and Clark expedition to explore all of those newly acquired lands and, you know, get a uh, cartographic survey of everything that was out there. I know, yeah, we're back at us, Jefferson again. It was, <laughs> but, and it also kept us from having another war down the road mm-hmm. because we would have wanted the land and taken it anyway. Mm-hmm. Good. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So looking at, at Fort Snelling, the history, I mean, I'm on their website and everyone, I encourage you to, Look it up. Uh, it is mnhs.org, Fort Snelling, Fort slash Fort Snelling. And when I look at the history, so this is an active military base now, right? So it is. We've got that. And then it has these different eras. So the expansionist era, and that's really what we're talking about with the Louisiana Purchase. But mm-hmm. we've got 
1861 through 65, the Civil War. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in 1862, the U.S.-Dakota War and mm -hmm. That's that seems pretty rough history mm -hmm. on on all of it. That's yeah. is that stuff that people don't want to look at? Well, I just think it's something that we're not entirely proud of. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's one of those longstanding. It's really one of those longstanding sensitive topics that, you know, we have to look at and we have to discuss and you know it's just something that we can look back on and say okay well we know that it's there for us to study from it and it's there for mm -hmm. us to learn from it um but you know how can we tell it as it happened without any kind of whitewashing and is there something moreover that we can learn from it or is there something that we can point to to go back in time and say well hey if we had that opportunity is there something we could have done better mm. And that's, I think, where the National Park Service mm -hmm. has such a good, they do so well in regards to interpreting history, whether it's history we want to know about or not. And if we keep closing our eyes to what has happened in the past, we're just going to make the same mistakes, right? So All countries did things in the past that wouldn't be done now, you know, and it's called growing up and learning and being more... Uh, humanity based and not so um, like you know we don't have so many monarchs anymore like where we're going to go and take over somebody else's territory we have okay we've got Russia and the Ukraine thing going on but we don't have that very often anymore mm -hmm. you know where somebody decides I'm in a position of power I'm going to go take somebody else's land we don't have that like we used to in the 18, 1700s, 1800s, happened all the time because, I mean, quite frankly, we took the land from the Native American. So, I mean, everybody's taking everybody's land all over the place. That's how it was back then. Doesn't make it right, mm -hmm. but that's what was happening. Now it's a little bit different. Yeah. Back up. So, so what's it like going there? I mean, are you able to see exhibits? Are you seeing ruins or are the ruins, are there, it looks like some of them, the, I mean, there's a bridge that I saw that goes to St. Paul. What's it like as a visitor to go to the, to the fort? So if you're going as a visitor, uh, there's actually quite a lot to do there. Um, from what I recall, most of the base proper is what belongs to the Army Reserve, the Army National Guard, and the Air National Guard. And uh, it's, it is perfectly situated because it is right next door to the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. So you have oh. the Air National Guard hangars who are occupying that runway space there. And uh, they have a very well done air museum. And uh, the, the original uh, buildings of what you could call the historic Fort Snelling, they're there, they've been very well preserved. Uh, there's at least one uh, main drag that you can drive up and down to see a lot of the historic buildings. And uh, there's also a terraced system of walkways where you can see a lot of the readouts and a lot of the revetments that um, a lot of the soldiers had built throughout the ages and that they're all very well preserved. You can see, uh, you know, you can see parts where they wanted to have a, a good surveillance of traffic that was coming up and down the Mississippi River. 
So a lot of the uh, a lot of the original infrastructure there has been very well preserved, and uh, the exhibits that you can see, um, both uh, inside the museum and on static display there, are all very well maintained, very well taken care of, and uh, awesome. yeah, the uh, the facilities there um, were by every conceivable standard. I mean, they were first rate. You know, I never cool. had any. Uh, Ne- never had any complaints about the base facilities. The other thing too is um, it has a national cemetery there, which I think mm-hmm. is really important for family history too, to go and uh, mm-hmm. see our ancestry and, and family history and, and just to pay respects. But it also seems that it was also a place uh, for World War II history as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of history to go and experience now. Before you go, this is important because we're talking about road tripping, right? So, okay. Now, if you're going to drive, you know, through Minnesota, what music are you going to play? And, and I mean, if you pick your car, what are we going in? Okay. Well, let's see. So if we are going to be driving across Minnesota, um, as far as the music choice goes now, are we going to be strictly limiting ourselves to the AM FM dial or can we add some XM satellite radio? Are are you wanting the 80s? Is this where we're going? Yes. You can do whatever you want. Okay. And that is actually the perfect segue into my vehicle of choice because that would be an 86 Camaro. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. And so music, the Camaro. Okay. Now, where do you pull over for food? Do you have a favorite spot that people should know about in Minneapolis uh, for food? Yes. As a matter of fact, let's see. Um, it's a bit off the beaten trail, but not entirely. If you are willing to navigate the streets of downtown St. Paul, there is a very well-known place called Mickey's Diner. And it's made oh. a lot of appearances in films. If you, um, and the, the only two films that come to mind right now, and these of course are by no means the only two, but if you saw Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was- oh. That was, was the diner that he ate at. Plus, it was uh, it was a recurring, it was a recurring trope throughout the Mighty Ducks trilogy, and uh, so that is one place that I can definitely recommend. Can't tell he has kids, right? Mighty <laughs> yeah. Ducks. Yeah, and then let's see. Um, another place that I can also very favorably recommend is. Uh, and now I, I don't know if this is a regional chain or not, but I've seen a lot of them here throughout Minnesota. There's a restaurant called Perkins and uh, there's some roadside oh. diners that are very much like Denny's. Mm. Except oh. I think they have more of a Midwestern flair to them. Uh, but I have never, I've never eaten at a Perkins that I have not enjoyed. So oh, why do I want pancakes oh, right now? I'm like, See? See, I want pancakes and coffee, Perkins but I pancakes. want the marshmallows again. We're back to the hot chocolate and marshmallows. Oh it's not going. Oh I know it's not happening. Mike, thank you so much. Everyone, MikeGuardia.com mm-hmm. is the website to go get his books. Uh, he's going to be back on our show again. January 2nd is his next show. We're going to be talking about the invasion of the Philippines. Oh, that's my nice. gosh. That's some crazy history. That's you got huge. us all Googled out mm-hmm. on that. My gosh. Yeah. And uh, Coyote Recon is his latest book, as well as The Combat Diaries. So, Thanks so much, Mike. You take care. Thanks, Thank Mike. you, ladies. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Happy.
So one of the main places uh, we've all got to go on the historic Jefferson Highway is Mason City, Iowa, especially in 2023. June 7th through 10th, 2023 is where the annual Jefferson Highway Association Conference will be happening. So check out this website, visitmasoncityiowa.com. So they've got an entire page dedicated to the Jefferson Highway and like a full itinerary. You don't even have to think about what you're going to see and do. It's all there. Restaurants, sites, nature centers, historic buildings, uh, you name it, it is there. And I'm very excited to have Lindsay James here from Visit Mason City. Welcome, Lindsay. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. You know, we're very excited. I know this is going to be an awesome, awesome conference. I know a lot of things are happening. We're going to talk about that uh, definitely in January. I know you'll be back on and we'll be covering Mason City, um, you know, in depth. So we know that you definitely have to be one of the main things uh, that, you know, are 23 in 2023 things that people do on the highway. Uh, but give us just a snapshot of uh, where Mason City is, because um, it seems that you've got a lot of amazing history behind you guys. Yeah, well, we are very centrally located in the northern part of the state, um, just a couple of minutes off of I-35 and about a half hour from the Minnesota border. So top and center portion of the state, um, two hours north of Des Moines, two hours south of Minneapolis. And yeah, definitely a lot to see and do here. Um, mm. We are known for our Frank Lloyd Wright architecture. We have several very unique buildings in the community uh, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. And then we're also home of Meredith Wilson, the music man. So we celebrate his life and legacy here um, with several attractions, including his boyhood home, as well as Ooh. the Music Man Square, which houses a replica of the Warner Brothers movie set and the Meredith Wilson Museum. Wow. And so you've got Frank Lloyd Wright, too. I mean, the Music Man is iconic. Uh, so that is for all of us who love theater and music and shows. That's definitely a place to go. And then Frank Lloyd Wright. I mean, that's huge. And what I was reading is that you have the only remaining hotel in the world designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. That's correct. Yeah. He designed six. Only four were built. And ours is the last one standing. Uh, folks often like to argue with me on that uh, mm. because there is a hotel in Oklahoma that is a Frank Lloyd Wright building. However, the building was not originally designed to be a hotel. It operates today as a hotel, but that wasn't the original intent. So that is what sets our historic park in apart and uh, why it is officially the only remaining right designed hotel in the entire world. Wow. And thinking more on the music side, I've got to bring this up. This is the final side of uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens and JP, the big bopper Richardson's concert. That's massive. Is there any place that people can go to see where they were? Absolutely. Um, so that concert took place at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, which is just 10 minutes to the west of Mason City. Uh, so very close neighbor over there in Clear Lake. The surf ballroom is still a uh, performance venue and ballroom. Lots of concerts take place there, but it's also open for tours and they have museum quality exhibits that tell the story of the winter dance party, as well as those three iconic rockers. 
Um, and then the crash site itself uh, does have a memorial um, mm. out out by it. And people like to take that walk. It is a walk um, along mm -hmm. fence line of a cornfield, but uh, it's, it's well worth it. And there's, there's a lot to see out there as well. Um, mm. Things that people have left at that memorial and, and stories that they leave written. And yes, it's, it's, it's worth the That's visit. Special. It's special. Yeah. And then I want to go also to Bill Baird's puppets. So I mean, it seems like a lot of the arts work, a lot of, you know, creative inspiration um, is at the root and core of Mason City. Yes. Uh, back back in the early days, Mason City was a very bustling and vibrant community, um, very affluent. Our residents were uh, business people and interested in arts and music and all these great things. And those are such wonderful stories to hear. And we have many great attractions um, for people to dive into that history. The mm -hmm. Meredith Wilson sites, our Frank Lloyd Wright sites, our art museum, as you mentioned, the Bill Baird marionettes from The Sound of Music are there. Um, and then our Kinney Pioneer Museum is really our, our history museum and tells all of the great stories for Mason City, Clear Lake and the North Iowa area. Mm. I love your page on the Jefferson Highway. It's a North Iowa tour. I mean, it, I I just we need to go now. That that's it. Like we have to come to Mason City because it just seems like there's all kinds of, you know, you could, like you make Mason City your hub and then you can explore out from there and do the highway itself. Um you really have just done such an amazing job of letting us all know these different communities, these historic sites, Northwood, Kensett, Manly, um all the eateries, I mean, steakhouses, uh, you can go to ice cream shops, you can go, oh, there's a lot, there's a distillery, <laughs> you've got wine and whiskey bar, that's it, Lime Creek Nature Center, I want to go there, there's nature hikes, there's, you've got festivals, you've got breweries, like what more do we want, Rockwell, we got to go to Rockwell, Sheffield, Hampton, like seriously, you've yeah. got a bunch going on. Yeah, we have cool. it all, we have it all. Yeah, uh, thank you. And, and do you. visit visit our website, um, reach out to our office. We're happy to send you a travel guide. Um, our our team is here and ready to assist with questions and, and advice. Um, everything is, Mason City really is very centrally located. There is a lot to see and do along the Jefferson Highway and beyond. Um, and we're we're happy to serve as your, your resource and your go-to to help you plan your visit. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Everyone, again, the website is visitmasoncityiowa.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so we're talking about the historic Jefferson Highway, and of course, we had to tap on the door of our friend Victoria Chick. Victoria is an artist, a contemporary figurative artist based in Silver City, New Mexico. She's on our show every is it every third Saturday, Victoria, <laughs> that you're on? Uh, yeah, it's every every third Saturday, uh, talking about art, talking about art history. 
but I, you know, talk to her about the historic Jefferson Highway and know that she knows all about Kansas City. She knows about Missouri. Um, so basically, Victoria, you, you've spent time on the Jefferson Highway, right? Yes, I have, Lisa. And uh, up and down the Jefferson Highway, I think I've lived within 100 miles of the Jefferson Highway for about half my life. Uh, that is awesome. So, uh, area of, of the country is, is way more interesting than, than lots of people on either coast give it credit for. So uh, I always like to, to uh, talk about the area, the area there. Um, we, when we talked about Jefferson Highway, we talked about about Joplin, Missouri. And Joplin, Missouri is a really interesting place. My in-laws live there. I visited many times. And one of the places I had to visit while I was there, I had to make a trip to the city hall to see the, the Thomas Hart Benton painting. That's the, the giant painting. And um, the, it was a mural called Joplin at the turn of the century, 1896 to 1906. This is amazing because I've looked at it and um, I, we're going to have to go there, Nancy and I now, right? You know that because you said so. Um, and what I think is so interesting is that Joplin, Missouri is also the crossroads of Route 66. So so this has become a familial thing, you know, <laughs> not just familiar thing, but a, a familial thing where isn't his grandson also doing art and connecting not only Joplin, the turn of the century mural uh, by, uh, you know, Benton, uh, Thomas Hart Benton, but his grandson got involved in painting uh, right near like the other mural, right? You're right. And I think that is, that is so neat. That is really so neat that somebody else in the family is so talented. Uh, in 2010, his grandson had had a mural that he painted dedicated. It was, it's a, it's called Route 66 and it's, it depicts the era of the 1960s and all of all the wonderful cars and all the activity that was going on in Joplin at the time. Mm. Very cool. It's right. And I, yeah, it's, I, I love that it's a family thing. And I want everyone to know that Victoria's got a great article up on blendradioandtv.com uh, talking about Thomas Hart Benton. And it basically, you call it the uh, Thomas Hart Benton country. You talk about Kansas City, you talk about uh, Joplin, Missouri in there. And uh, you can also hear her interview that aired on a Saturday, December 17th. Just go to our archives or just go to blendradioandtv.com. You can listen to it there. And uh, before you go on this, Victoria, I see that you've also mentioned that you like to, there's other things to do in Joplin that you, you enjoy. Oh, oh, George yes. Washington Carver National Monument. Have you gone there? Because that's on my bucket list, like my for real bucket oh, list. Oh, yes. You, you must go there. It's a very, very interesting. And right near it is a wonderful place to stop and have lunch, the Undercliff Bar and Grill. Uh, okay. it's, it's truly unique. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone keep up with Victoria. Go see her art at victoriachick.com. Again, every third Saturday, Victoria is here on Big Blend Radio. Thank you so much, Victoria.
All right. So now we're going to go over to Pittsburgh in Kansas, in uh, southeast Kansas, which is part of Crawford County. And we're going to chat with Chris Wilson, who's been on our Big Blend Radio Jefferson Highway Association show before, especially because uh, Pittsburgh was a conference destination for the Jefferson Highway Association in earlier in 2022. Nancy and I got to drive through, but now we know we have to stop and you're going to find out why. So welcome back, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good, Lisa. Thanks for having us on here. I want to give everyone your website, explorecrawfordcounty.com. So uh, Crawford County is the place. So you're in Southeast uh, Kansas. But I've got to mention this because I know we talked about it the last time is you've got gorillas in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, we're, we are the uh, we're the home of the only college with a gorilla mascot. Um, our alumni, our businesses. I'm actually an alum as well. We're very, very proud of that. And so you will see gorillas all throughout Pittsburgh and our surrounding communities. We've got a lot of really cool statues, a lot of cool monuments. I'm told there's a mural in the works. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, when you're driving through Pittsburgh, Kansas, you definitely cannot miss the gorillas. That's a thing too. And and what's interesting about the Jefferson Highway, and I know we're going to talk about this with Missouri too, um, that you are also at the intersection of Route 66, right? And in your area. Yeah, it's just south of us. Yeah, it's about it's about 20 miles south of us. We're kind of right in between both Kansas City and where Route 66 is. Um, yeah, we can talk a little bit about that as well. So you've got Route 66, you've got Jefferson Highway, and then apparently a lot of history in regards to trains. And that's a big deal, too. For I know so many people travel for train history. Yeah, there's a uh, just south of us. There's a uh, area called uh, it's, it's good. Well, it's easy. It's easy to remember. It's Corona. It's the Corona Depot. Um, they've got a, a very cool outdoor railroad exhibit. They do have a museum, but their hours are kind of wonky. But no, you can go up at any time and see the trains that they have there. It's very cool. And what's really nice about them is they're actually just, you know, they're along Route 66. They're along Jefferson Highway, but they're also very close to Big Brutus, uh, the world's largest surviving electric shovel. It's 16 stories. It's big enough that sports teams will actually take their team photo down in the bucket. So it's so it's really cool to have two things there very close together. They're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but they're both very worth going out and taking a look at. Well, that's the thing about road tripping. It's not just about staying on the route. It's like, oh, there's something over here. There's something over there. Let's go see these truly unique attractions. And I think a lot of people will be very excited to know your region-inspired Pixar's movie uh, Cars, right? That's a big deal. Yeah, that, that actually comes along, ties in with the Route 66 and the Jefferson Highway uh, uh, history there. Uh, so when they were doing the research for the movie Cars, uh, Disney, Pixar's Cars, one of the towns that they visited was a town called Galena, uh, Galena, Kansas. Uh, they actually, the, the downtown itself kind of helped inspire the design of, the, the, of Radiator Springs in the movie. Uh, there's also a truck there. Uh, they, they can't use the name, but it's the truck that actually inspired the, the look for the character Tomater, uh, of course. Uh, so a lot of anybody who's seen the movie Cars, they remember Tomater. Um, but they, you know, the other thing about uh, the Tomater character was that it drove it could drive backwards, which, you know, in the movie is a, a big deal. Well, there was actually a local in Galena uh, who actually could turn his feet around and walk backwards. And uh, so that kind of. What they, the, the riders took that idea, merged it with this truck that actually still sits there in downtown Galena. You can take a look at it. In fact, this time of year, they usually have like a Santa hat, a big Santa hat on it. 
Uh, kids love it. Even right now, you know, we're getting a lot of those 20-somethings who grew up with the movie Cars. They're going out and they're traveling. And one of the places that they've got to see is they've got to see downtown Galena. It, it's, they're going to be very surprised with what they see there. That's exciting. Um, you know, so you've got trains, you've got gorillas, you've got cars, obviously, you've got electric shovels. That's crazy. Um, when it comes to the Jefferson Highway, are there some any specific things that people should really look out for on the highway itself? Yeah, on the highway itself, we were one of the first ones who kind of jumped on to the Jefferson Highway Association's uh, historical markers. Uh, we do have several of those through Pittsburgh and even in a community to our north uh, called Franklin. Probably the, the one place, though, that if you're going to be traveling Jefferson Highway through our area, you've got to go see the garage. Uh, there was uh, it was a Jefferson Highway garage that was built in 1915 right on the old route. And it has, to the best of our knowledge, it's the last known structure along the highway with its original signage. So you can actually go get a picture of it, see it, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's just a garage. You know, that, that's all it was at the time. Uh, now today, today it's the Lord's Diner. They actually uh, help serve uh, the underprivileged, but the building itself self is still there. It's very cool to go by and see that old signage because you know all the Route 66, uh, a lot of that stuff survived, and mm -hmm. so you can drive or you can drive Route 66 and see things that were there during back at, during its heyday. Jefferson Howie really doesn't have that. All that signage is gone. Um, now, a lot of folks are trying to bring back, you know, replicas and and stuff that's inspired by the old signage. But, you know, for a building to still have that original signage uh, in downtown Pittsburgh, that's that's a big deal for those who are traveling for that reason. Oh, we definitely have to come and see that. Uh, we can't wait to come to your area because um, the other thing real, real quick, everyone, if you like fried chicken, apparently this is the place to go. Fried chicken is a thing. So fried chicken, gorillas, trains cars i mean what more do we want this is good what's your favorite fried chicken place are you allowed to say it without getting in trouble <laughs> See, that's a loaded question so the the reality with fried chicken is let's be honest it's fried chicken right fried chicken done right is delicious no matter where you go the difference here in southeast kansas is that it is the story behind why these you know we got one county with six fried chicken joints you know that that shouldn't happen oh yeah that doesn't count all the franchises but, you know, what's really cool is the story behind it. You know, you come come to our area, you'll find out that story. But the difference, though, from a food perspective is really just kind of the, the sides, because each of the families who started these restaurants, they all had different backgrounds. Some were Italian, uh, some were Germanic. Some, you know, we had some from Hungary. And so the side orders are all a little bit different. And so you'll actually have members of the same family who are like, well, we're going to get chicken from, from Chicken Annie's, but we're going to get the coleslaw from Chicken Mary's, and we're going to get something else from Gebhardt's or the noodles from Gebhardt's. And so you'll, you'll hear families, local families doing that all the time. They kind of mix and match what their favorite stuff is from each restaurant. I love it. I love it. Everyone, again, the website is explorecrawfordcounty.com. We'll have Chris back on the show in 2023, I'm sure. And we're going to go get a bite out of that chicken, but we're going to go play with some gorillas first. So thank you so much, Chris. Take care and happy holidays and happy new year. That sounds great, Lisa. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas and happy new year.
So every fourth Tuesday on Big Blend Radio, we catch up with the adventures of travel writer and world traveler Debbie Stone. So when we mentioned the Jefferson Highway to her, we all realized that this summer she did kind of travel on it, or should we say near it, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She visited the new Bob Dylan Center. So, of course, we are green with envy, Nancy and I are. Uh, but it's really cool. And you can check her story out about the experience on blendradioandtv.com. So, Debbie, I, I called you Debbie. I normally call you Fire Monkey. It was, was really just, hard I'm to get in, out of my I think mouth. I'm in shock. <laughs> I know. So, Fire Monkey is her name from when she went to Bhutan from a monk that gave her that name. So, I'm sorry, but I, I like it really was hard to say Debbie. But, uh, Fire Monkey, going to Bob Dylan's uh, center had to be really kind of one of those. In one part of your article, you said overwhelming because of all the bababilia treasures that you experienced. Exactly. It's it's and it's incredibly immersive uh, center there. And you know, Dylan recognized early that his work could have historic value, and he put aside everything from leather jacket that he wore when he went electric at the Newport Folk Festival to mm. a letter from uh, Johnny Cash and a, and a postcard of apology from Pete Seeger. And there are there are all, I mean, there's everything in there. It is just I think there's uh, I think the entire archive is about a hundred thousand items of. And and in within the center, you are finding all these treasures, you know, performance footage, interviews, videos, photos, articles of clothing, musical instruments, you know, handwritten lyrics, book drafts, notebooks, everything you can possibly think of. It is truly one of the most immersive deep dives that I've seen into a, an artist's life and career. It's amazing. And so this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's about an hour from Muskogee, an hour off of the highway, depending on where you're coming from. So it's not that much of a detour off the actual Jefferson Highway, historic Jefferson Highway. So would you say it's worth the hour drive off the highway? Oh, my God. Road tripping? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Tulsa is kind of a very cool city. But, you know, the fact that it has not only the Bob Dylan uh, museum, the Bob Dylan Center, but it also has the Woody Guthrie Center, which is like right next door. And, you know, it, it it's it, it's very apt location because uh, Dylan was really influenced by Guthrie, you know, along with other American folk artists. So it's kind of nice that they're they're next. So people can can do both or one or the other. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's I think it's a very, very rewarding detour for people. One thing I think that's very, you know, amazing when we think about the Jefferson Highway that goes from Winnipeg to New Orleans, right? You think about New Orleans, you already think about music immediately, anything to do with Louisiana. But uh, Bob Dylan comes from Minnesota and, and Minneapolis, and he went mm -hmm. to the university there. And in your article, you talked about it actually shows his uh, in the in the center I'm yep. calling it Dylanville. I know you say Bobabilia for his, his memorabilia. I'm calling it Dylanville. Um, that it really has a detailed timeline of his life, of starting in Minnesota, but also even the university was playing in a coffee shop there. Like you can see all of that. So it's kind of interesting how it ties to the highway, I think. I mean, highways, I mean, you can't drive and do a road trip without good music. And Bob Dylan surely has some of the best road trip music. You know. Absolutely. I mean, this is a this is a, a you know an artist that released fifty albums and I think six hundred plus songs, and he still continues to uh, travel the globe. He performs nearly a hundred concerts a year, and uh, you know he's you know he's he's has such a lengthy and colorful and fascinating history that even if you're not like 
you do, you don't know much about Bob Dylan, or maybe you don't know much about his music. I mean, it's just fascinating, and it's just so amazing how they put this all together. And you know, you find out that you know this is a man that you know he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature, the first songwriter to receive that award. You know, he he got a Kennedy Center honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, an Academy Award, Grammy Awards. You know, he's just. He's so prolific, you know, and he's also also an author. Uh, he's an artist, and in fact, you can see one of his own sculptures when you walk into the the, the door of the the center. So, you know, he's just a, such a, a multifaceted individual. Fascinating. I think he's like the Leonardo da Vinci of our time. I, really I think do. you're right. Yeah, he yeah. is. I, he's like my hero. And I'm always tangled up in blue. So there it is. <laughs> so everyone, the website is BobDylanCenter.com. You can see Debbie's article on BlendRadioAndTV.com, along with many other of her articles and past interviews, also on NationalParkTraveling.com, where we're documenting the Jefferson Highway on both websites. So check it out. And keep tuned on BigBlendRadio.com, because Debbie is here. Fire Monkey is here every fourth Tuesday. And so when you go on our websites, just type in Debbie Stone, you'll hear her there. Thank you so much, Fire Monkey. Thank you. Take care. A perfect night, the sky is clear. You say the things I want to hear. Shotgun windows down You got me In the palm of your hand The radio Is playing my favorite band Ooh, my heartstrings Come unwound All I need is you And a Texas
All right, so you know we're traveling the historic highway of known as the Jefferson Highway, started in 1915. It goes from Winnipeg, Canada, and Manitoba, all the way down to New Orleans. And one of the key destinations on this historic trail, started in 1915, is Denison, uh, the city of Denison in Texas. And you can go to the website, discoverdenison.com. Uh, we've got Roger Bell, the president of the Jefferson Highway Association here. So I encourage you to go to their website, Jefferson Highway. Org and also their Facebook group. Uh, join that because you'll learn so much. Uh, but we're very excited to have Rachel Reinert here. Uh, Reinert, uh, Rachel is the tourism manager for the city, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what you can experience when you go to Denison. So welcome to the show, Rachel. How are you? I'm good, Lisa. Thank you so much for having us today. We're excited to be on. We're glad to have you. And Roger, uh, you were telling us before we hit that record button that this is the car one of the cardinal points of the highway. Yes, the original, uh, when the route was done in 1915, they didn't know exactly where they were going to go, but they established what we call cardinal points. And then Ted, the highway had to go through these communities. And Denison was one of the uh, elite communities that was given that designation as a cardinal point. Oh, man, this is awesome. So, and also when we talk about the conferences, you have the annual conference for the Jefferson Highway. This was also a site for that, right? At one point. Yes, we were, we were there in uh, 2018 and uh, we had people there from 14 states and I want to say two foreign countries in Dennis and uh, wow. during that uh, deal. And wow. uh, we had a really great time, great bus tour. We were there right during their dark holiday festival. We just fit in. We just really uh, had a great time in Denison. I'm so glad you got to experience the dark holiday festival. That's one of our absolute favorite events. Um, Doc Holiday was a dentist here in Denison uh, for a short time, and we love to celebrate that little fun fact. And it's we've got a whole weekend full of festivities. It's Old West themed. Um, you can come get dressed up. We've got carriage rides up and down our historic Main Street. It's just an awesome time. So we'd love everybody oh. to join us for that. That's a fun one. I will do anything for Doc Holiday. I think, you know, and it, well, what's well, cool, you know, and I've been to the OK Corral in, in Tombstone and everything and Tombstone, Arizona. So it's like really cool to map out where he's been. And uh, mm -hmm. as we've talked on the show before, this highway has got so many characters, <laughs> historic characters and uh, heroes and villains uh, to delve into the history of. So it, it's exciting. But um, one very important person is Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, was born in, in your in your town, right? Yes, he was. He was um, born in Denison. He was one of seven children. He, he was the only one of the seven who was actually born in Denison. They were here for a very short time, but uh, they came here because of the railroad and stayed for a little while. We were He was born here, um, and we still have Eisenhower birthplace, state historic site which you can visit all week long. And it's an absolutely beautiful place. They've done a great job recreating the feel and they've got his original house where he was born. They've got it set up just how it was when he was here. So it's so much fun. It's a great place to visit. Oh, I love it. So you can see mm -hmm. the birthplace state historic site. You can go to the state park. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I was reading about on your site, discoverdenison.com is the frontier village and museum. That seems like something really cool for families. And if you want to dig into the history. It is. It's like walking into the past. Um, they really have the entire village set up, um, about a dozen houses that you can go in and visit. 
and it's like stepping right into the past. It's a, it's a great place. And the main street itself, historic main street, I know you're part of the uh, main street program uh, mm-hmm. that is just really popular around the country and, and, and important. I've, I've actually sat on, on those meetings of, of certain uh, main streets in, in California um, down in the coast. But um, you know, when you see what happens with the main street and how it, you know, it represents what America is, you know, when you think about going downtown, going into a mom pa shop or just a boutique, uh, a restaurant, but you can also go to the bank or you can go to, you know, some of the business stuff. And then it, you know, brings in people to live out there too. So uh, I love to see these iconic main streets and uh, Roger, I believe that's part of the highway, right? Jefferson highway is on the main street. Yes. It goes right downtown. It does in a lot of communities. And that's what uh, one of the, the great benefits of this is, you know, this this uh, route goes right through the heart of of uh, these communities and right through the heart of America, and you get to experience these very unique downtowns. And Denison has, um, uh, you know, as from what I understand, is going through a, quite a transformation even since the time I was last there. And uh, I've been told uh, by folks down there a lot going on in Denison, and uh, they have a wonderful very large uh katie depot which was the real big railroad uh that goes through my community here in muskogee and uh, uh but they, they had a huge depot in denison and it's been uh, restored and i've been told uh, more is going on there and maybe rachel can fill us in a little bit on that i think i could give you a really great first-hand experience uh of the katie depot because that's where i'm at right now it's gone <laughs> it's uh undergone wonderful revitalization Um, They've turned it around and it's a beautiful, beautiful space. It's filled with retail offices, shopping now, and they're doing the second floor, redoing the second floor right now. It's three stories. They're doing the second and third floor in lofts so people can actually live in it. And it's a beautiful, it's so beautiful, but mm -hmm, that's where we office out of right now. And I have to say, I know everyone's proud of our downtowns, but we are so proud. It is our pride and joy, our downtown. Um, Denison was actually just nominated uh, as a semi-finalist for the Great American Main Street Award as one of the really? top eight main streets in the country for the third no year way. in a row. So, yep, that's where the Eisenhower Birthplace State Historic Site, that's where our Doc Holiday Festival is. It's just um, a wonderful place to be. There's so much that's gone on and so much time has been mm. invested in our downtown and so many people, they care about it so much. And you can see that when you come down here, but you're right, uh, Roger, we are doing a uh, what we're calling designing downtown Denison. It's a streetscape process. We're redoing our main street right now. Uh, we're beautifying it, but as well as going in and kind of redoing some of the infrastructure. In 2022, Denison celebrated our sesquicentennial, our 150th birthday. So, um, and so much of our main street is original. Rachel, you're too young for years that. Old. <laughs> you're too young. <laughs> 150. That's a party, man. That's amazing. You oh, know, I think of this the same all age year long. Muskogee. Yeah, oh, so Muskogee's we, 150. We all, wow. it, it has to do with the railroad. It has to do yeah. with the railroad. Well, happy birthday, wow. Muskogee. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, when you think about these landmark, you know, years, I, I look at Natchitoches, Louisiana's 96th annual Christmas festival is happening. I mean, wow. you've got to think you're in history when you go, I mean, come on, you got Doc Holliday. I mean, like that, that's cool. You yeah. Know, I, he can work on my teeth anytime. No, but not well, really. Not the, really. One of the things about the, the Jefferson to me is the fact that it's a lot of people drive to, let's go, I'm going to Dallas. I don't get off the, they don't get off the, the exit there to get into Denison. They don't get to see it. You know, they just, 
Uh, so, mm. You know, if they do, they just don't do it. But this this route, if you're traveling this route, you're going to discover Denison. You're going to discover all that's going on down there, and it, mm. and uh, it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to my next trip down there because I know a lot's uh, been happening down there. Well, I know Nancy and I want to go. Yeah. Nancy and I want to go uh, this spring on our way through Texas, as we do part of the highway too. Um, we went last year and we had no idea because we didn't know Roger yet. And, you know, Arlene kept telling us, Arlene from Natchitoches, you got to do this historic highway. And we did part of it. And that's what I wonder is how many people drive the historic Jefferson Highway and don't know that you've done part of this, you know, you know historic route. And um, we visited Hagerman National Wildlife Refuge and we saw, like, I want to say thousands of snow geese. Like, they were just everywhere and crossing the road, flying and I mean, we saw pelicans and cormorants. And I mean, for bird watchers, this is one of the ep most epic wildlife refuges to visit, especially when you see that spring. And it was the very end of February going into spring. And um, I, I just, you know, that's the other part of this. These historic highways lead you to these wildlife areas and nature areas. And you definitely, you have a lake too. So, I mean, you got a lot going on in, in the natural yep. world too. We're located right on the Red River um, and Denison is home to the Denison Dam on the Red River. So that forms Lake Texoma uh, right on the border of Oklahoma and Texoma or Oklahoma and Texas, which is where Texoma comes from. So yeah, the Hagerman National Wildlife Refuge is located kind of off uh, Lake Texoma and there's so much to discover. We've got Eisenhower State Park uh, with so many fun walking trails and lots and lots of nature to, to have and be discovered here. Wow. We've got a lot to catch up with you uh, for sure. So everyone yeah. go to discoverdenison.com and listen, if you're in Dallas, Fort Worth, it's not that far. I think what an hour away. So you could get started on the trail now, like really you can get out there. So it's, it's mm -hmm. just not that far from, you know, those, big it's a great cities. day so, trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. So discover Denison. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Thank you. so much for having us. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. All right, so we are traveling Highway 71, which is the historic Jefferson Highway. It is on the historic Jefferson Highway. Uh, and we are going to go to Avoyles Parish. And uh, this is outside of Alexandria. And uh, the town of Bunky is on the historic Jefferson Highway. So we're going to chat with Wilbert Cormouche. He is the executive director of Avoyles Commission of Tourism in Louisiana. And you can go to their website, Travel Avoyles dot com and that's a v o y e l l e s dot com so welcome wilbert how are you i'm fine thank you did i did i get your your last name and uh your parish uh did i pronounce that correctly because i need to go to school or really just need to visit because then i'll get it right <laughs> you have checked that box i mean you know i'd I swear you were a native of Oilian. Avoilian. Oh, I want to be an Avoilian. And I want to go to Bunky because I heard that monk, there's monkey, there was a monkey in Bunky back in the day. 
Right. Macy Hayes was given a gift by her dad as of a pet monkey back in uh, in the 1800s, and Macy could not say the word monkey, she, so she called it her bunky. And when the town was uh, incorporated in 1855, they named it Bunky. Wow. Wow. So how big is Bunky? Is it a smaller community to visit? It's a smaller town. It's, it, it is called a city. It does fall in that uh, classification with their population. But uh, it is run by the mayor and the, the town council. There's a chamber of commerce. There's a cute main street on that, uh, you know, with a lot of opportunity for shopping and visiting, a lot of history there because it uh, overlaps with the Northup Trail, which is a story of Solomon Northup and his enslavement in central Louisiana for 12 years from 1841 to 1853. So when you come to Bunky, the depot has all kinds of memorabilia because it is a train. uh, It was a train depot. Trains still pass in Bunky several times during the day. Uh, which adds to the ambiance. It gives it, it gives you a, a visual of what it was back in the 1800s. Uh, mm. Griffin's Antiques is uh, on the corner, which is one of our mainstay shops. It's an artisan's market that uh, has like 70 vendors in there, and along with food items, mm. some of the most delicious desserts that you'll ever be able to eat right there. And it's just Closed by the Bailey Ho- the historic Bailey Hotel, which is now a closed property, but um, available for sale if somebody would want to come and purchase hey. it. And just just down the street from the Griffins is uh, Hoover's Five and Dime, which is reminiscent of the old stores back in the day where you can get those vintage candies, the vintage toys for the children, just different vintage items that you basically don't see in big box stores right Mm -hmm. now. And then, as I said, uh, Saxon's uh, Antiques. So there's a lot of opportunity on Main Street in Bunky, which is US 71 on the Jefferson Highway, to Mm. bring you back, uh, you know, a step in time. You go to the farmer's market, all kinds of things there, including this big mural of Coca-Cola, because that's where Bunky Coca-Cola got its start right here in our area. Wow, and I know your region definitely has is rich in Native American history, French Creole history. So you've got the multicultural history happening, um, which Louisiana is, as a state is well known for. But you've also got nature, you know, just looking at the whole area. Look, I want to go bird watching because I know Louisiana is one of the top places to go bird watching. And it seems that your backyard is a nice big bio area, bio area that people can go, you know, watch wildlife and see birds and maybe play with some some alligators, too. Absolutely. We have uh, two national national wildlife refuges. We have three wildlife managed areas that are managed by the state of Louisiana. You talk Native American. We have the first Native American casino that was licensed in Louisiana, which still operates today as Paragon Casino Resort. You mentioned alligators. In the hotel lobby of Paragon Hotel is a man-made swamp that has alligators, turtles, fish, all of that, that you can, um, you can, you know, get a cocktail, you can get a coffee and walk around while you're waiting for the movies to start, 
right there in the hotel atrium. And in fact, the alligators are managed by the alligator park out of Natchitoches. So, Mm. you know, also basically, I mean, everything trickles down. We work together always to put entertainment forefront at Paragon Casino Resort. It's, it sounds like a wonderful place to visit also for families and shopping, food. You can never go wrong with food in Louisiana, that's for sure. But we thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to get to Bunky. We're going to bring Priscilla, our pink sock monkey, to Bunky. It's going to happen. She has to go. She wants to go. So everyone, travel avoils. Did I say it? Avoils, uh, dot com. Travel avoils. And that's A-V-O-Y-E-L-L-E-S. So Go there and uh, check out the website. There's so much to do on that website for the whole region on and off the Jefferson Highway. Thank you so much for joining us, Wilbert. And wait to meet you and see you. Thank you. With stars and stories that will take one's breath away. Susan died in the fall of 1985. Pat, my ex-brother-in-law, he married five or six months after her death. The first time I heard my nephew call this other woman mama was when I said, No. Susan can't disappear. Robert Harling grew up in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and lost his sister and best friend to diabetes in 1985. He turned that experience into the iconic stage play, Steel Magnolias, which he wrote in about 10 days. Steel Magnolias is also a 1989 American comedy drama directed by Herbert Ross. It is the film adaptation of Robert Harling's 1987 play, The Same Name, about the bond a group of women share surrounding the family experience during the death of Malin Eatonton's daughter, Shelby. The movie is filmed in and around Natchitoches. A toured force cast is assembled with Oscar winner Sally Field and Oscar winner Julia Roberts. Supporting cast includes Oscar winner Olympia Dukakis, Oscar winner Shirley MacLaine, Oscar nominee Dolly Parton, and Daryl Hannah. Even screenwriter Robert Harling appeared in the film as the preacher in the local church. The title, Steel Magnolias, suggests the main female characters can both be as delicate as the magnolia and as tough as steel. Quite a few films have been produced and filmed in and around northwestern and central Louisiana over the years, including 
The Horse Soldiers is a 1959 deluxe color war film set during the American Civil War. It was directed by Oscar winner John Ford and starred Oscar winners John Wayne and William Holden and Constance Towers. The film was based on Harold Sinclair's novel of the same name. The team of John Lee Mann and Martin Racken both wrote the screenplay and produced the film. Blaze is a 1989 film written and directed by Ron Shelton. The film stars Paul Newman and Lolita Davidovich. Blaze star herself appears in a cameo role. The film tells the highly fictionalized story of the latter years of Earl Long, a flamboyant governor of Louisiana and brother of assassinated governor and U.S. Senator Huey P. Long. According to the novel and film, Earl Long allegedly fell in love with a young stripper named Blaze Starr. Twelve Years a Slave is a 2013 historical drama film and an adaptation of the 1853 slave narrative memoir, Twelve Years a Slave, by Solomon Northup, a New York State born free African American man who was kidnapped in Washington, D.C. in 1841 and sold into slavery. Northup worked on plantations in the state of Louisiana before his release. The locations used were four historic antebellum plantations, Felicity, Bocage, Destrand, and Magnolia. Of the four, Magnolia is the nearest to the actual plantation where Northup was held. Directed by Steve McQueen and screenplay written by John Ridley, this powerful film won three Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress. I look forward to viewing more movies that are filmed in and around Northwestern and Central Louisiana. I am Steve Schneikert, and this is Hollywood History as I Recall It.